So you want to marry my daughter? Yes, I do. So do you hang out in the hood all the time, or do you just come up here for our food and women? This January. Your family, my family. I don't know how this is going to work. I like your braids. Thank you. Exhibit had braids. Jonah Hill, Lauren London, David Duchovny, Nia Long, with Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Eddie Murphy. What's up with white cuz? Am I white cuz? Well, I'm not. You People, directed by Kenya Barris. Rated R, now streaming only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's catch up. An NFL podcast with Taylor Bashotti And Sam Batesh. Where we talk about the biggest headlines in the NFL. So Taylor, you know what? Let's catch up. It's been too long. Yeah, we really should. Blue Wire. Taylor, let's absolutely catch up. I mean, I simply have to catch up with you. This has been, it's been your week. I feel, I mean, are you a free agent? This You've been very quiet <laughs> on this whole thing. I, I feel like free agency in so many ways has run right through you. And, and certainly Friday was a, a massive day with Juju Smith-Schuster. Taylor, how, how you Sam, been? The funniest part was, is that like all week long, starting on Sunday, I am prepared and waiting and ready to like hopefully break the juju news. And I'm thinking that it's going to happen on like Monday or Tuesday. I literally take showers with my phone on complete ring. I make my roommate, poor Mary Margaret. I'm like, Mary Margaret, if you hear my phone ring and I'm in the shower and you can't hear it, you've got to come run and knock on the window, like knock on the door and let me know that it's like, it's ringing. I need to go get it. So I'm, I'm fairly certain this is going to happen on Monday, Tuesday, latest on Wednesday. Um, and no, it held off. I decided to get my haircut on Friday and, you know, for a female, it's not just getting your haircut. You've got foils in there too, you know, a little face frame. Let's be clear. You didn't get your hair cut. You got your hair done, right? Yes, it's a process. So Juju calls me Friday morning or late Thursday or Thursday night at midnight. And he's like, Hey, you up? And I'm like, of course I'm actually sleeping at this point. So I text him first thing at like six in the morning. He's like, yeah, I think it's going to happen today. Just, you know, stay by, stay by your phone. So I'm thinking, do I push my hair appointment back? Do I not? You know, I'm just I'm still going to do it. Five minutes into me getting my, my of hair course. done. Of course. He calls me and he's like, Hey, you can leak it soon. But I had known because we had been texting and it was back and forth for him all week. You know, you always think about these free agents and we always like to think about it from our perspective, which we're just trying to build our own ideal fantasy football team. But you've got to think about it from the player's perspective where they're preparing themselves to go to a new city, you know, go to a new team, a new city, a new dynamic, a new offense. And I think we often forget that they're human beings and it's like starting over at a new school, but yet you're in a new city. So just the emotion that he even was going through all week by, you know, he thought for a minute he might be going to the Packers. And then he thought, well, maybe it's the Jets. And I think he had decided pretty early on that, you know, he and Tua are very close. But I don't think that he thought that Miami was going to be 
the ideal fit for him. But as it came down to it, like, like he said, when we talked on our Instagram live uh, interview, it really came down to three teams. And it was the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Steelers. And it was Ravens that offered the most by a lot. And then it was the Chiefs, and then it was the Steelers. So the Steelers originally offered $7.5 million. The Chiefs were at $8 million with a couple million in incentives. And the Ravens were at $9 million with $4 million in incentives. Well, it goes and, to show you, Taylor, what's so interesting about this. It does show you that, you know, this isn't all about the money. And you hear that, right? But it's tough to decipher. You know, for a fan, when you're talking more millions versus less millions, and a guy takes more millions so often. Look, that's a big difference. Seven yeah. and a half to nine with four in incentives. That's a big swing. That's and massive. I think that it really became a reality for him that he was going to be taking or potentially going back to the Steelers when we looked at this free agency market of wide receivers and the long-term deals that we had previously seen in these types of markets just were not out there for the receivers. Of course, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. where two days later, Kenny Galladay obviously gets the long-term deal, but he's the only receiver that got that really long-term, great, fantastic deal that receivers had previously gotten. And so I think that Juju looked at it and he said that, you know, even though Baltimore was offering the most, that was his third choice. And then it was Kansas City. And then it was... Pittsburgh. So he went back to the Steelers. He went back to Tomlin and he said, look, you guys are at seven and a half million. I'm going to go with you. Obviously, they want him back. I'm going to go with the Steelers if you guys can bump up to eight million. So we were just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. They're putting each oil in my hair. I'm like, maybe it'll take him a little bit longer to get back. You know, it's all about me, of course. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) But no, he calls me and he's like, okay, I think you can, you can, you can leak it. And all of a sudden it just kind of went nuts, but it was super exciting and I'm happy for him. And I think that it kind of sheds a different light on him. Obviously I have a personal relationship with him. We're very good friends. And I think he is just like a quality, great guy. I think he gets a bad rap from TikTok, but he is not a player that's a partier. He's a, he's a player that works hard and he views social media as a business. He went to USC. He went to school for marketing. He knows that look, his career is going to last him for as long as it can last him. And you're not going to be playing football when you're 40 years old unless you're Tom Brady. And he's made a career and he's made a business and he is a business outside of football alone. Sure. He's taken the wrong way to dance on logos. Absolutely. You know, those old school football, I can understand why it was taken the wrong way. I can understand why it doesn't look very, you know, sportsmanlike and appropriate. But he's just a kid. Like he's playing, he's having fun, he's in the TikTok thing, and sure I just think that by him taking his pay cut and going back he's to the he's an yeah. entertainer, also, right? He is. He's entertaining, and that position has produced many entertainers over the years. Yeah, the guys that he he's grew just up having fun that were Hall of Famers at that position also like to entertain once in a while on the field, and and that's what it brings. And I, and I'm sorry, but Juju is fun to watch on the field, and certainly fun to watch on TikTok. Instagram, everywhere else for his social media. He's a great dude to follow. And he is just a great dude. So mm-hmm. we're thrilled for him, but it's so great to hear your insight as to what goes on because it's so transactional mm-hmm. from a standpoint. And we just see, you know, we're reading transactions take place. This money for this player, for this team, for this year. And you don't go into what it would mean. Like the emotional toll that it takes on you and what you're weighing, the pros and cons. And I think that Ben coming back definitely played a big role into it. He had always said since as of a couple months ago, he said, you know, it's going to really sway my decision 
one way if Ben does come back. You know, he and Ben have a very close relationship and they definitely already have that chemistry built in. And so when he's looking at these other offers, he's thinking, look, I'm going to get another bite at the apple next year. That's when I'm going to be up for my big, you know, chunk, long-term deal, guaranteed money. Where do I see myself performing the best in order to put myself in the situation to get that long-term deal? He saw it in Pittsburgh. Sure, he could go be on the Kansas City Chiefs and go to a Super Bowl contending team, but his heart's not there. He's going to be one of five huge key players on offense. And then he could also go to the Ravens, where obviously the Ravens have a very run-heavy offense. And then when they aren't running, they're throwing the balls to tight ends. So it gives him a little bit of a limited a limited window to be a receiver one, a one, number one receiver. And ever since, look, ever since AB left, it felt like this was going to be his to have, to be that number one. I'm sure he's disappointed that the numbers haven't quite backed that up, and he'd love to run it back again. And again, when you have that relationship with one guy, again, for a receiver, when you're considering free agent destinations, we're here talking about cities and coaches, but quarterbacks is a huge part of it, right? And, and as you mentioned, Absolutely. that relationship with Ben. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. So, so speaking of quarterbacks, Taylor, we're, we're going to pivot quickly because we haven't spoken and some pretty major news went down, certainly for you and I, someone that we talk about quite a lot. But Dak Prescott, your boy. Dak Sam, is- I have to get your insight on this. I want to hear what you have to think about this. Obviously, we both wanted him to get this, this yeah. big deal, but take me through it. Tell, tell me how you felt. This, this, first of all, let's just say this. Dak Prescott's the second highest paid player from quarterback position in this league. He is the second highest paid quarterback in the league behind Patrick Mahomes. Now, before you freak out and just say, well, Dak's not exactly the second best quarterback in the league. Well, that might be true. But let's look at this, first of all. The Rams chose to pay Jared Goff early with a massive contract. The Eagles chose to pay Carson Wentz early with a massive contract. The Cowboys did it differently. They actually spent an extra season of paying Dak with the franchise tag. And then they come back with the massive contract. Now, the only quarterback, and this is not just about Wentz, Goff, and Dak, the only quarterback from that 2016 draft that is still with the team that drafted him, Taylor, it's Dak Prescott. That is so crazy. That like, is say that again. That is so mind-bogglingly crazy. It is I don't know if that's a word. A great list of quarterbacks. And of course, the top two are Wentz and Goff. Of course, this isn't a conversation about Paxton Lynch. But you think about Goff and Wentz, and, and those deals, they're always going to be connected to Dak. That's how I see it. Because that's yeah. really the Absolutely. class. Again, Dak was the fourth round, and those two obviously went one and two in the first round. But nobody thought Goff and Wentz would be on other teams. No. Nobody thought it. It never crossed anybody's mind. Shocking and stunning news when Goff was traded to the Lions for Stafford. And again, yes and no. Thing, I mean, people saw it coming, but yes. But not, look, certainly in the Super Bowl, right? When the Rams are in the Super Bowl after beating the Saints in the NFC Championship mm-hmm. game, it doesn't feel like, oh, you know, in two years, Goff's not no, going to No, not at all. They gave him a what? huge contract. 
when the Eagles win the Super Bowl with Foles, but you're thinking, all right, well, here comes Mr. Owens coming back next season. This is going to be a run for a decade for the Eagles at quarterback, and he's no longer your quarterback. And the Cowboys are wondering, well, we're probably going to franchise tag Dak, and we don't know what the long-term deal is, and we might even franchise him again. We're not even sure. You think Dak's going to be the guy that's not there, but instead he is. And it shows you the commitment and the consistency. And for what it's worth, Taylor, the relationship and the kind of personality that Dak must have. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in an organization like the Cowboys, where there is always so many eyes on you. People are so hyper overcritical of that franchise, of every player on that team. And no, I... I couldn't agree more. I think that everybody kind of saw as Dak was having an MVP season last year until he got injured. I mean, granted, I know it was early, but still. Still, still, how much does the injury have to play in this, right? In a way, in a weird way, the injury plays in his favor because what you see without him is a lot different, right? The Eagles go down. The Eagles, Wentz goes down, you win a Super Bowl. Okay. I mean, that's clearly, no matter what, going to resonate always with the organization. Well, what could we do without this guy? Well, we've seen it. The Cowboys, what can we do without this guy? And you've seen it in a Danucci mm-hmm. and Dalton kind of way. And that's not really instilling confidence throughout the organization. And you're thinking, that's the key to this entire thing. You were close to winning the division last year. Of course, everybody was. But still, the Cowboys are close to winning the division last year. I don't think that's a good argument. But you got to think they what know. Would they have, what would they have been able to do if they know was it was season to take advantage of that NFC East and they weren't able to do it even in a season where everybody else was down and out Mm -hmm. the Cowboys couldn't even do it without Dak and it just goes to show you he's the key to this entire thing Dak Prescott not Ezekiel Elliott is what really makes this thing run in the end it's about Dak and the Cowboys finally committed to that I'm thrilled to see it I know you're happy I I'm sorry I believe in what Dak Prescott brings to that offense. And when you look at the most passing yards since the start of the 2019 season, Taylor, who's on top of the list? Now, you wouldn't be surprised if I told you Patrick Mahomes is on the list with 302 yards. I'm trying to guess. Is it Russell Wilson? Matt Ryan's behind Mahomes with 291. But I didn't tell you Mahomes was first on that list. He's actually second because Dak Prescott, has the most passing yards per game since the start of the 2019 season at 321. So don't tell me that Dak isn't who you think he is. And don't tell me that Dak's not crucial to that offense. And don't tell me that Dak's not up there with the likes of Patrick Mahomes and some of the quarterbacks that you equate with massive offenses in this league. I'm sorry, but it happens and it happens through Dak Prescott. And he's just got a nice, calm demeanor about the whole thing and clearly i couldn't agree more i think it was very well deserved i think that i don't think that there was ever a doubt in my mind that there or anybody's mind really that they weren't going to come to terms on a long-term deal i'm just thrilled that it happened and again you know you look at the money and of course yes is it a lot of money but in this league most of the time you're either making money for something you have done in the past or for something you're going to do in the future and i feel like with Dak, he's right there in that perfect balance of having already done quite a lot for this team and about to do more and more. And again, I'll go back to it. Having the season where you saw game after game without him after he went down, that worked in his favor. He deserves it. 
$40 million? I remember how funny it was to ask that question. Is Dak Prescott a $40 million quarterback? That was, it was almost laughable to ask that question. At the time, he was seemingly going to get $30 million on a long-term contract before being franchise tax. Yeah. And now, yes, $40 million right behind Mahomes. So well, so well deserved. Adapted to Dak Prescott over here. I'm sorry. I've seen what he's done. He's had incredible games against the Eagles. He is a remarkably competitive and focused leader for that team. And that makes a humongous difference. And I'm sorry. Look, a few things were written about Wentz in this offseason. A few things were written about Goff. You don't know if you're going to believe. I do want to touch on one other one other set of quarterbacks, and that's or one other quarterback, and that's Russell Wilson. What was going on there? I think we were all kind of waiting a little bit. I mean, I still think that some. I don't. I don't. I still think something's off in the relationship between uh, Russell Wilson and uh, Pete Carroll. Obviously, is a little bit strained right now. That being said, I don't know if it's really going to affect them. I feel like they both have the capability to just kind of compartmentalize and move on and try and focus on and Taylor forward and getting getting the job done and getting ready. Yeah. There is definitely, I think it's very bizarre that Russell Wilson came out and said, you know, I'm not looking for a trade, but if I were to be go to another team, here are the other three teams that I would go to. That was such That's a funny headline thing to say, unless you're actually thinking about possibly. There's always a funny headline to me. Russell Wilson not going to be traded would consider these three teams. Right. So you're telling us where you would consider going without, without saying it. So that is a little bit. Through all of that, Taylor, what stuck to me was this. When you look at what the offer was from the bears, which is a substantial offer that the Seahawks absolutely had to consider when you're looking at that many draft picks, even though it's going to be for your franchise quarterback, you had to consider it. And you know, the Seahawks did. And if you read that story, what happened? It came to Pete Carroll's desk. And Pete said, we're keeping Russ. So strange as that relationship may be, Pete Pete can always say, look, you're here because you and I are choosing to do this thing together. And and I think the league is in a – certainly, it's in a more interesting place when quarterbacks change teams, yes. But something about Seattle and Russ feels right. And and I like the pristine – I think it would be bizarre if we ever saw him in another team. Of course, but look, it happens. At this point, we've seen it all, right? We've seen it all. Brett Favre's in an NFC Championship game with the Vikings. It's just nothing yeah. in the world is taboo at this point in sports. We've, seen, I mean, obviously what Tom Brady just did in Tampa goes to show us that. And I'll only say this much, Taylor. March Madness is supposed to be dedicated to basketball, but this <laughs> has been an incredible March yeah. for the NFL. I mean, you have well, been a part of it. Speaking of one last takeaway from free agency, can yes. we just hit on how much the Patriots did? And Bill Belichick did for the first time ever in free agency. He made more moves. You've got yeah. to you've got to imagine that he was sitting at home during the Super Bowl, just pacing back and forth, ruining the floorboards at his poor house. Linda must have been upset. Now, Taylor, what do you think? What do you tell me? Just one takeaway on the page. I have one takeaway on the Patriots. What is yours when you just when you look at that that list? I think they made fantastic moves. I think that Bill usually holds back. But I think that he saw every player that he wanted. I think that it's funny that people went back and found the video of him running up to Hunter Henry after the game, yes. basically saying, look, I'm coming to get you. You know, you know, I think he was very calculated. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. And I think that these were all players that he would have wanted into a system and he thinks can help better their team for next year. Do I it's- think that Cam is the guy that should be at quarterback? No, but we don't know that that is going to be the guy. I, my only takeaway is this on the Patriots. 
they're not in this position very often. You know, when you see teams that are active and aggressive in free agency, the teams that usually lead in free agency, it's rare that it translates the next season and all those moves work out. It's usually the word you use a a lot of times is these are teams that are sort of scrambling and grasping to grab players and bring them in. It's unique to see. I don't think that Belichick was scrambling or grasping though. And I think it kind of looks that way. But I think he knew exactly what he was doing. I I do think that he had the money. He has the ability to go out and spend more money on these players now. So he waited a year, knew it was going to be not the year for them. Maybe that's why they had so many players opt out. Maybe he asked him to opt out. That's all speculation, but it's very possible. Have them save up. And then we'll make all these moves in free agency. And then we're going to see what they're going to do in the draft. Or let's see what Nike does in the draft this year. All I can say is this, you know, obviously what you said about the floorboards is true. No matter what anybody tells me for Belichick to watch Brady, you know, making it to the Super Bowl might have been one thing, maybe like proud of you, Tom, way to go. The winning it really just drove it home in, in, in such a dramatic way. From a football standpoint, these two men, you know, are competitive with one another. And to see that, I'm sure that Bill is wondering, all right. Can we get there without Tom? So Taylor, we have plenty more to catch up so soon. And I know that we will. And I cannot wait. But wow, wow, wow. What a week that you had following all of this. Incredibly proud of you. And for those, I mean, please, if you're not following at Taylor Bashadi, please do follow and, us. Uh, let's catch up. Yes, let's do that. Follow us at Let's Catch Up NFL Instagram as well. But Taylor, what a tremendous job. Congrats again. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.